Lord, as we come before you in this uh, time of prayer, to, to talk to you and to let you um, instruct us and, and teach us and inspire our hearts. Um, we ask for the good, um, the, conclusion prayer, the concluding prayer we pray, um, and thank you for the good inspirations, affections, um, resolutions, affections, and inspirations um, which you communicate to us. And so we should, we should be paying attention to those things in this time of prayer. And if we get to the end of a time of prayer and there's no good resolutions, affections, or inspirations, um, I mean, you're always giving to us, Lord, um, but we should pay attention to these things. And as our heart kind of stirs the way it stirred with the disciples on, on the way to Emmaus, that you, um, you know, they're, they're talking with you and they realize, did not our hearts burn within us as, as uh, he spoke with us along the way? So, too, in every time of prayer is another walk to Emmaus. And so we talk about the scriptures, um, you explain to us, you teach us, um, and we're walking with you. And at the, uh, at the end of a time of prayer, um, we should be able to say that. Did, did not our hearts burn within us? And um, we should be paying attention to these affections, inspirations, resolutions, you know, some good uh, practical consequences. And that's really... Where we are today and, and this weekend, um, our gospel for this weekend is that parable of the, the two sons. And it's, it seems very simple, but um, our Lord says, what do you think? A man had two sons. And he went to the first and said, son, go work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. And he went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? And they said, the first. Um, I, that's a pretty um, easy question there. Like, all right, you got two sons. You say to one, go. And he says, yes, but he doesn't go. And you say to the other, go. And he says, no, but he does go. Well, who ends up doing the will of the father? Like, Oh, the, you just wonder, like, where the scribes and Pharisees and this group that was there, the chief priests and the elders of the people, um, did they, was it a tough question for them? Like, was it, oh, I don't know, let, let's, no, this is a pretty, you know, some of the parables are, are a little dense, and you gotta, you can really dive deep into them. This is pretty straightforward, right? That there's either... There's one who says no, but he does it. He ends up doing it. And there's the other who says yes and does nothing at all. Um, but that it's something that's it's perennial. We keep, we keep coming back to it. And we need to keep coming back to, to this reality of the quote that I use so often from St. Jose Maria. Is that love is deeds and not sweet words. Love is in deeds and it's not just in sweet words. That if we want to actually love, we have to love by what we're doing and not just saying, yes, yes, Lord, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I love you, Lord. You know, I want to be a saint. Um, and just saying all these things and not doing anything. And, and I, I worry sometimes because it just seems like there, there is, there's a lot of good talk in the church. We got, we know, you know, as the church, we, we know how to say, we know how to say yes often. And there, we got a lot of good talk out there. But, but then when it comes time to actually do something, well, that's a, that's, that's a whole different story. And it's, um, 
it's so much, it's often, more, it's the more difficult thing. It's very easy to say yes and do nothing. It's easy to kind of just say what you think people want to hear and what's going to be popular. Um, but to actually say, say yes and to do it, or even if we've said no, to then um, to convert, to repent, and then to get to work um, is, is needed. Not just to let our religion be at the level of nice, pious words and sentiments. And, you know, that's what, that's what a lot of people want religion to be, unfortunately. That religion's all about words. It's just about, we're, we just say nice things. What happens? Well, we come to church and we say some nice things. And it makes, it makes, me, it makes me feel good. And so that's, that's religion. And unfortunately, that's, that's, there's a lot of people that want to leave religion there. Your religion can happen in your church building where you just say nice things. And it's, you know, Father gives a nice sermon and we all feel really good. And that's, that's what this is. This is just a big building dedicated to motivational speaking. Um, and that's who our priests are. You want a good priest? Well, you should be a good motivational speaker. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, our religion is about deeds. We've got to do something. We have to, our deeds have to be inspired, yes, by faith. Uh, faith, hope, and charity are the three theological virtues. We don't, we're not Pelagians where we think we're going to earn heaven. But uh, St. James says, like, you know, you, you talk to me about your faith without works, and I will show you the faith that, that underlies my works, right? And so that is um, it's in the letters of St. James. Um, but that, that we need to, like, we've got to work, and we've got we to do something. And that's not enough to just, just say things, um, but we actually have to, to choose and to do um, the means, right? So we have uh, good St. Thomas and the Summa on a Saturday morning. That's, that's perfect, right? Because um, we have, you know, okay, so we may have the different, um, we may have the different ends, right? So we have the end that we want, and... Um, and so the end is the goal. What's the end goal that I want, right? What's the, the end is, is the, the finish, the finish line. What's the finish line? Okay, so we will the end, absolutely, right? So what, that's when I say I want to be a saint, right? I want to be a saint. I want to I live a holy life. I, I want to, to grow in love with the Lord. I want that. I desire. I choose it, in fact. Even it's I choose to be a saint, um, I've made that my decision. I'm, I'm going to follow the Lord. However, so St. Thomas says in, um, in his Summa, it's in natural things, it's by the same power that a thing passes through the middle space um, and arrives at the terminus. But that means, but the means are a kind of middle space through which one arrives at the end or terminus. Therefore, if volition is of the end, it's also of the means. What that means is if you, if you want to get to the end, then you have to want the means to get there. Now, we could select from a variety of means, but if you, if you really want to choose the end, if you really want to get to the goal, then you really have to choose the means, and you have to really desire them and do them, right? Uh, look, I could, I could say all I want. I could say, hey, you know what I want? I want to shed a few more pounds so I fit into my other cats a little bit better. 
Um, that's, that's a goal. That's my goal. I want to lose weight. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to have a second helping of ice cream every day, right? And I'm going to not exercise at all. But I want, I want to lose weight. I, I want to fit into that cast a little bit better. No, if I really want it, if you really want something, then you choose the right path to get there. And you have to you decide and you um, actually do what it's going to take. And so if I want to get in shape, then I need to make time every day to exercise. And I need to balance my diet a little bit better. And when it comes down to it, it's in, it's in every moment that we, um, that we need to seek to do that. It's not just about saying, oh yeah, I'm trying to live a healthier lifestyle. Well, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm, you know, I have all the ice cream I want. It's no big deal. And I sit in the office all day long and don't even go for a walk, right? No. When we really have... Um, when we choose the means, it's we say, yeah, I want this goal, but what's that going to entail? Um, what do I have to do for that? St. Jose Maria um, says in, in the way, you tell me, yes, I want to. Good. But do you want to as a miser wants his gold, as a mother wants her child, as a worldling wants honors, or as a poor sensualist wants his pleasure? No. Then you don't want to. Right? And to be very honest uh, in that way, sometimes some of these little quotes from um, The Way or The Furrow or Furrow or The Forge, um, Sanders and Mary's little books, um, they're very, they get to the point. He doesn't waste too many words. Uh, they're usually taken from longer letters, but the little quotes, they, they get to the point. Like, yeah, you say you want to, but do you really... Like, choose it, do you want it the way that a miser wants his gold, right? The way that certain people are just so obsessed with making more and more and more money. And you think, um, so I remember hearing the story about Elon Musk, who um, said that, you know, if, if he and his competitor are exactly the same in, in being matched in their, their capabilities, their intellectual capabilities and everything like that. And his competitor is putting in a 40-hour work week um, to get a project done. If Elon Musk puts in an 80-hour work week, he'll do it in half the time. Um, they're like, if you really want to be the best in your field, um, then you have to, if he really wants to be the best, then he's going to put in more and more effort and not just have it be, I'll put in just the, the normal, the minimum. No, go all out. You know, if I could put 100 hours a week into something and somebody who's evenly matched with me is just putting in, putting in you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, then, um, then I'll be able to do what they do even more, even faster than in half the time. Um, as a miser wants his gold, as, as business people in our world want, want success and they're willing to go, to every, any means necessary, and even, unfortunately, a lot of immoral ones. Do we really, really want it? Um, there's another story I, I just heard um, a priest shared with me about, um, about Mike Tyson, who I guess is, is training for another fight now. Um, and he, um, when Mike Tyson trains, he gets up at like, I, I looked it up, it's something ridiculous. Like he gets up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning, and some people here probably get up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning, but um, he gets up when it's still dark, um, 
long before his son comes up. And he starts training at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. And he starts, he goes for, for a, a big long run that early in the morning. And when explaining it, he said that there's a, there's a mental advantage in, in the fight to um, having that I am training while my competitor is asleep, is still asleep, right? I've gotten up and I'm working when my opponent is still sleeping, and that's here. Here's a man who wants to win, and so that even that mental advantage. My my opponent is still asleep, and and I'm up and I'm working, right? That is that's someone who he said whether it gives him the physical advantage, it gives him the mental advantage that he wants this more. That the other guy is going to stay in his nice, warm, comfy bed, and Mike Tyson's going to be out there running at three thirty in the morning. Um, that gives him the mental advantage. I want this more. And so when we say that we want to grow in holiness, our Lord says, be a saint. Follow me. Yes. Yes, I will. Totally. And then we do nothing. <laughs> nothing changes. Um, we, don't, we don't use any of the means at our, our disposal. Then we're, we're that second son. We say, yeah, sure, I'll go into the vineyard. And, and we do nothing. But when our Lord says, follow me, and even if at first it's like, you want me to get up at 3.30 in the morning, go for a jog to run a boxing match? Like, really? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I'm going to go back to bed. Uh, but then we get up and you do it. You're like, eventually, like, oh, no, you know what? This does work. I, I, I need to do this. I, um, this is actually going to help. That we will the means. And so we need to really... Um, as a miser wants his gold, right? As, the, as sensualists, as, as people, you know, there's, there's all these ridiculous ways with technology. As a sensualist wants his pleasure, right? And that there's just so much nonsense out there about, about facilitating and enabling sin. And it's terrible. Have we, as followers of our Lord, made it as possible to facilitate holiness, right? Have we really, like... Are we really willing to do this? When I, when I meet with people for spiritual direction or things like that, it's generally pretty, pretty practical because, like, we're not just, let's just talk about how, like, what, how nice holiness is. And, like, are you getting up on time? Like, get up. If you can't get yourself out of bed in the morning, then you can't get yourself to a time of prayer, and then you're not, you don't actually want it, right? You, you don't actually want to grow in holiness if you're not um, going to actually take those times and do it. That first fight of the day of getting out of bed on time is the whole rest of the day usually falls into place if you can do that, um, called the heroic minute. And if you don't, can't even get out of bed in the morning, um, then, then how are you going to, to win the fight of holiness? Uh, do you really want it if, if it's not about selecting those, those means? Another quote from the way here. What zeal men put into their earthly affairs, dreaming of honors, striving for riches, bent on sensuality. Men and women, rich and poor, old and middle-aged and young and even children, all of them alike. When you and I put the same zeal into the affairs of our souls, then we'll have a living and working faith. And there'll be no obstacle that we cannot overcome in our apostolic works. Right? So we need to put that same zeal into the affairs of our souls. Um, and that's when you have a living and a working faith. 
and so, so we'll just really think about that. I, I, I read the, in March or April the biography of Bill Belichick. Um, and just to see that him too, just that, that total dedication he has uh, to, to football. And it, it would, it's just it's every minute of every day, and he's always, he's always on. Bill Belichick, you know, you don't become one of the greatest football coaches of all times without it just being a, a 24-hour thing. And during football season, now outside of football season, he, you know, would be, uh, he kind of turns it off a, a little bit. But, um, but during the season, it's just all the time just thinking about this play. And he, he would quiz um, members of the Patriots like, okay, on third and long, what is this quarterback's favorite play to run in the bottom half of the fourth quarter? And, and he would just like stop guys in the office. It would, you know, they'd be like, hey, coach, how's it going? Like just want a small talk. He'd be like, no, hey, third and long, uh, this quarterback. What's their favorite play to run um, bottom half of the fourth quarter? And, and the guys would have to have the answers at their fingertips just like that. And then if they got it right, because they learned, the coach wants, you know, this. So they'd say, oh, they do this. And he'd be like, all right, all right, smart Alec. What's his second favorite play to run, <laughs> right? And always, he's always pushing them harder and harder and harder. And you see that. And so um, do we desire holiness with that? Do I want to be a saint with that same intensity? Everything's about it. I want to be a saint. And nothing is going to stand in the way there. Um, with the same zeal, uh, not to win a stupid little ring or a trophy, but to be a saint, <laughs> to be in heaven for all of eternity. Do I really will the means? And so we have to ask, are we, um, are we choosing means? And so... What are, what are some of the means that we need to choose? Because here's the other thing. The means can't become in and of themselves the end. They're, they're means, right? Uh, the problem is when we make the means an end, then we, then we get into trouble too when we, when we confuse them. So, so some means that we should talk about are, um, well, first, prayer, right? Do I want to be a saint? Well, do I pray? Do I, I want to fall more and more in love with our Lord? Well, do I talk to him? And do I let him talk to me? Do I pray? Do I make use of that means of prayer? Um, conversation with our Lord. Letting it be um, the way that the relationship grows to really take time to pray. Bishop Barron says, you know, when people ask Bishop Barron, like, what can I do to pray? His first response is always, just take the time. Right? Take the time to pray. And it's a good and helpful thing to say, we're gonna take, I'm going to take um, a certain amount of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a good half hour in meditation. And I mean, I know for me, I, I set my timer. I have an alarm set so that it's, it's a half hour. And if, you know, my phone rings, usually if I'm doing okay, like, you know, I could call. I'm, I remember I once called my spiritual director and I was trying to get a hold of her. We were playing phone tag for a while. And, um, and then I, so I called and it went to voicemail. He calls me back like 10 minutes later. And he's like, yeah, I saw your call. I was in the chapel praying. Uh, and I saw, and I know, I know we've been trying to connect, but I said to our Lord, I said, I'm talking to you now. I'll call him back in 10 minutes. Right? And do we do, like, if the phone rings and we're here in the church or in the chapel, like, do you really say, like, hey, I'm talking to you now, Lord. I'll, I'll call Father Casey back in 10 minutes. That's no big deal. You know, it's no, um, uh, do we really take the time and make it a priority? 
and have a conversation with our Lord. And have it be a real conversation and not just sitting in the church having nice thoughts. Again, resolutions, affections, and inspirations. Do we really allow it to be a real conversation that has a real outcome? Same with um, another good means is the examination of conscience. Um, To really um, examine our conscience every night. And when we do that, do we really do an examination of conscience where like, here's something I know I did wrong today, I'm sorry for that, and I'm going to try to work on it tomorrow. Not as like, oh yeah, I had a, I'm examining my conscience, I had a pretty good day. Yeah, things went okay. All right, good night, Lord. Like, no, that's useless, you might as well just not do it. Right, but no, like, examining my conscience. I did today, um, I'm not perfect, I'm not a saint. So I fell short in this, and this, and this, and this. Very specific. Use the means. And then, tomorrow, I'm going to try to overcome this. Uh, I'm going to try to work on this one, or that one. And again, not just like, well, I'll try to do better with that. Well, no, you, what are the... Okay, so now that becomes what's called in uh, ethics a approximate end, right? So I want to grow in holiness... So now my proximate end is to, to pay attention to what I'm praying. So what's going to be the means to that proximate end is going to be, I'm going to turn my phone off, right? When I'm praying, I'm going to put my phone in airplane mode. Um, and that's the means I'm going to use to be able to be better at praying, which has the end goal of being a saint. And so, um, so to really have good uh, resolutions from our examination of conscience and not let it just be this airy type thing that doesn't... Um, that doesn't actually have any, any um, body to it. Also, um, you know, the small ways that we deny ourselves, kind of real um, good penances, but small penances, but still. Not like, okay, I'm going to be more, more penitential today, but not uh, using the example of ice cream. You know, it's a good example. Like, ah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit more penitential in my eating today. I'll try to, to, to give up some more stuff. Um, but it's like I make that resolution right before lunch. I'm like, I'll start at dinner time. Like that's, I'm, I'm going to start at dinner, right? I'm going to have a nice lunch and then it's supper time. I'll, um, I'll start, right? We have to, um, no, we got to take advantage of the, the, the right here and right now in the, in the small little things. This is from The Forge. A spirit of penance is to be found, first of all, in taking advantage of the many trifling occasions, deeds, renunciations, sacrifices, services rendered, which we find daily along our way. And we then convert into acts of love and contrition, into mortifications. In this way, we shall be able to gather a bouquet at the end of each day, a fine bunch of flowers which we can offer to God. And so when we, when we resolve these small, to, to do these small mortifications, um, that we really, um, it's the daily things, but we're, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give up something. I'm going to give up something real. Um, I remember, what was it? Um, in seminary once, I thought I was being really creative, that uh, I was going to give up, this was, I think, the last year with some friends, and you know, nice, nice glass of bourbon can be enjoyed um, with friends in a nice way. So I said, like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna give up for Lent, 
Instead of just giving up drinking, I'm just going to give up beer and wine. But I'm not, I'm going to keep the hard stuff, right? And a friend of mine totally called me. He's like, are you, are you crazy? Like, that's totally, you're just cutting it, you're cutting the penance out where you're basically saying, oh, I'm not going to have beer or wine, the, the cheap stuff. But the hard stuff, yeah, I'm going to keep that, right? I'll keep the good stuff. No, that's crazy. Do you really want to have a penitential Lent or not? And so when we can ask ourselves, do we really want, when we want to do penances, and we pick them, do we really pick good penances? Do we really, you know, um, do it in a real way? Or do we pick, like, cheap stuff that doesn't, doesn't even affect us, right? I, um, I'll, I'll give up turning the heat on in the house in the middle of the summer, right? It doesn't affect us. It doesn't have any practice. Well, we do that so often with our penances, where we pick things that just don't really, um, they, they have no, no effect. So we need to, with the means, we have to, we actually choose real means, um, but as I said, the means can't become a, an end in and of themselves. So if I end up praying because it makes me feel good, if I end up, um, if I end up, um, fasting, but I'm really doing it to lose weight, I'm not doing it to be penitential, right? Then, then I've, I've shifted and it's not now a means to, to the ultimate end of being a saint, being in better shape, being a little healthier may help along the path to sanctity, but what happens is we could take some good means and we just divert them to an end that's, that's less special, that's less, less good. And so, no, I, I pray because I want to talk to you, Lord. Not because I just like the quiet of the church, not because it's a nice, restful or relaxing, refreshing time. But no, Lord, I want to I be with you. I like talking to you. I love you. I want to I grow in love with you. Okay. That's why I want to pray. Um, you know, I'm going to do, do little penances. Not to, to lose weight or not to um, have more time on my hands. I'm going to give up TV. Why else do I have more time on my hands? No, I'm going to give up TV so that I can, you know, because it's a sacrifice. Um, there was one um, friend of mine who we were right in the middle of the final season of a very good show. And we had been watching it all, you know, all year long in, cemetery, in seminary. Sometimes we'd pick a show that had already finished and, um, and you know, just slowly among friends um, just go through and watch the back episodes of that. And so we had watched, we were watching the show, and it was the middle of the final season. It was very exciting. And then Lent came, and he gave up TV, and he stopped. And I'm like, no, come on, like, there's like five episodes left. Let's just, like, let's just finish, right? Come on, it's five episodes. He's like, no, it's Lent. I'm giving this up. I'm like, well, what about Sundays, right? Sunday and Lent, you don't have to fast. Oh, that's not true. He's like, no, I'm giving it up. I'll watch this after Easter. Um, there's someone with some dedication that really knows, like, this is, I'm, I'm going to give it up in a real way. The mean, the, here's someone that's really growing in holiness, right? The means to an end, to, um, to, to really desire. You want to be a saint? Yes. Well, and even if that means stopping a good show midway through the final season um, because you decided you're giving that up for Lent. Um, great. That is, that's a perfect, um, that's a perfect penance. That's a great way to do it. Do we really decide, are we actually going to do this? When our Lord says to us, go out, work in my vineyard. And again, with apostolate, we want to win new souls for the Lord. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to be with my friends and just only never get outside my bubble. Oh, no, win new souls for the Lord. Uh, No, I'm just going to stay all by myself, right? No, go, win new souls. Where? Where are you going to find them? Actually, this person, that person, you know, can't you just find one or two 
um, people. Just that's it. Just find one or two that you can bring in. Use actual means. Be practical about it. Oh, well, we want to increase the more people coming to our, to our parish. We want more people coming here to love the Lord. Well, what are we doing about it? Nothing. You know, we got a website. Okay, great. Like, great. No, go. Where are these people? Find them. Invite them in. And then when they come, be nice to them. Be charitable. Nothing's worse than someone coming to church, back to church for a first time after a long time and having someone be snarky to them on the way in or on the way out. Right? No, be charitable. Use the means and, and actually do it intentionally. We need, to, we need to be very practical about these things. You know, really, in a, order to be practical and to, to live this out, um, we should ask Our Lady. You know, uh, Our Lady is totally practical. She knows exactly what to do in, in each moment, and she does it, right? Um, the angel appears to her, and she conceives our Lord, and also tells her about Elizabeth. So she goes, and she goes in haste, right, to, to go um, find Elizabeth. And then same at the wedding feast of Cana, they're out of wine. Okay, well, we can all just talk about her, gossip about it. Like, no, she goes and she tells her son, they have no wine. And then she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. And so we should go to Our Lady. She's a model of just practicality um, for how to use all the means and, and how to do it in a very real way. And so we ask our mother to pray for us that we um, may actually desire and live out the path of holiness, uh, that we may actually follow our Lord in love so that using all the means at our disposal, um, we too can be the great saints he calls us to be.